I have a treat for you today. Well, I'm a little selfish because it was a treat for me, uh, but I was so excited to have Valerie Irons on my program because she is a sound healer and I'm going to meet her in person in a couple of months uh, and she's going to do a sound healing session for me and my retreat participants. And I have never done one before. I don't really know a lot about it. I just think it sounds really cool. And so this episode is me learning and you, if you're curious, now you might not have even heard of sound healing, but it's a thing. It's a practice and it helps you connect uh, to your higher self. And so I'm very excited to try it. And if you haven't heard of it, now's your chance. You can hear all about it. You can hear how Valerie got started. She's a late in life uh, person in terms of finding her gifts, which I love to use as an example. And she also talks about in the beginning of the episode, which is super cool, how she met her soulmate just in the past few years. And they didn't even know, uh, she kind of knew. She had a dream. It's a really cool story. I'm not going to blow it for you. Let let her describe it, but it was kind of cool um, how it all went down and uh, how happy she is, and truly, just life keeps getting better for her. And she is, I think, sixty or sixty one. So yeah, she. I'm I'm super excited uh, for what you're going to learn and what uh, she shares about her expertise and how there's so many things in this world that can help us that we don't even know about. So I'm really excited to try this modality and see how I receive it and what it leads me to. Because these things I find, these different modalities that help us connect in a way that we haven't before, give us so much clarity in knowing. And in this busy world we live in, it's so hard to do that. So when you can find these things that work and take the time to do them, it makes such a difference. We get guided from that knowing that's inside of us. And and so many of us can't hear because we're so used to the noise around us. So here's Valerie and here's her amazing story and her gifts that she has learned later in life. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Spark to Second Half. And I am very, very excited about today's guest, Valerie Irons. 
Valerie and I just met recently because I contacted her about an upcoming retreat, my retreat that I'm doing in Sedona in September. And Valerie is going to come do a sound healing session. <laughs> so welcome. I'm so excited Thank you're here. You. Thank you, Lori. I'm excited to be here. And we've been chatting, just met. I mean, we talked on the phone about coordinating the upcoming retreat. But yeah, this is the first time I got to see her on video and talk to her. And I was so excited because she is in her second half. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be perfect because we're all, all, everybody's coming to the retreat is in their second half. And I was, if you're not on my YouTube channel, you should tune in because her, she's got the most beautiful, long gray hair, silver, silver locks. I love it. I love it. All right. So I'm just jumping out of my skin to like talk to you because we were talking before I hit record that she's found her, her, she's had this divine union with her soulmate who she's been searching for her whole life. Well, maybe you weren't searching, but you were waiting. Um, So let's start with that. I mean, tell me, tell me, I I know this is my listeners will love this because I love love stories and everybody loves love stories. Um, I was single most of my adult life. I I never married and I had been single and um, I was single for 15 years and celibate for 13 of those years because it just didn't matter. I didn't want didn't want any of that that didn't have the heart fully engaged. And we got together when I was 56 years old. I'm 60. Wow. So we've been wow. together about four years. We had been friends for seven years before we got together. The night that I met him, he had moved to Sedona. Um, and I had had a uh, psychic readings uh, periodically and they all said the same thing. You've got somebody coming and he's a musician. He's from California and um, he plays didgeridoo. He makes didgeridoos. And what is so that? a didgeridoo is um, a musical instrument made uh, in Australia by the aboriginals Uh, And it's made out of wood and you blow into it. It's this long, long, long. (gasps) I've seen that. That's uh, Yanni does that. Yanni has had that. I've seen a Yanni. You know Yanni is? Yeah, I do know Yanni. Yeah. And he's had, I've seen him in concert. And he has somebody doing that, playing that. I know exactly what it is. And it makes a low humming, humming sound. So my husband plays didgeridoo. And so I, uh, when I met him, I met him at a concert that I had brought to Sedona. And for once I was, I was at the door. I'm never at the door of those concerts. I always had somebody doing the tickets and I, it was the first time I saw him and my heart kind of went, Oh, wow. And then I would run into him and we would chat. But the night I met him, I had a dream and I dreamt that we were flying through the air on the back of his motorcycle and we were madly, madly in love and really, really happy. So this is 2012. And I thought, wow, maybe this is my guy. I've been waiting so long. Maybe this is really him. And um, we would run into each other. We would chat. I found out that he played didgeridoo and that he had just moved 
to Sedona from California, um, but he moved on a bicycle. He didn't have a, a motorcycle. And so I thought, that's a little strange. I'm not sure why my dream showed a motorcycle. Um, needless to say, I had a story running in my lifetime of unrequited love, where I would have feelings for somebody and they did not have those feelings for me. And um, often uh, that person, whoever it was in my lifetime, would get together with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a few months after this dream that I had uh, with Daniel, I ran into him at a grocery store and he asked if I knew this other woman in town. And I thought, it's happening again, God, isn't it? It's happening again. This is my pattern. It's happening. So I had to let him go because I had really kind of believed that he was going to be the one for me. So I let him go and he got together with her. Um, A few years later, he started to make didgeridoos and he was posting these little videos on on, uh, YouTube. And so I saw those. And uh, a few years later, he bought a motorcycle and uh, then they got married. And so any other last last residual desire or hope that I had, I had to really cut the cord. And um, then of, uh, then we became in the friend zone. But I would always feel like a teenager around him mm-hmm. uh, when I saw him. And um, but I let it go and I started looking elsewhere. Um, he got divorced. And after about a year and a half, after he got divorced, um, he realized that he was in love with me. And um, I had him come and do, I asked if he wanted to do a sound healing session uh, at my uh, yoga studio. And he said, yes, I would. And that just started a whole turn of events where we both fell completely in love. And he took me on our third date. He took me um, to breakfast on the back of his motorcycle and we were going around a corner and I was looking up at the sky. I was so happy. And in that moment, I realized it was the same moment that was in my dream seven years prior. And um, full body chills. That was the date of our first kiss. And uh, we've been together ever since we got married when I was 57 and uh, we were just happy and it's easy and it's wonderful. And it's wow. Um, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> does he remember when you first met? Uh, he does. He does. But he had just moved to Sedona. He wasn't really looking for a relationship. He was just looking for uh, a new life and just diving into um, what he could find here, because it's so interesting when you move here, there are so many new and wonderful things to do and explore. That, it's so interesting because so many people would just move on and settle for something. Yes. Not too many people are brave enough to live alone. Yeah. To, it was, uh, to, to be patient and to wait. It was hard and I was still looking, I was still looking and, and the same pattern kept repeating itself and my heart just couldn't take it anymore. So it was easier for me to actually um, focus on my talents and my gifts to offer back to the world and to find out who I really am. And I had all this time to explore my um, creativity, to um, explore my passions 
and to really stand firm in in who I was becoming. I really got to become me during that all that time of being on my own. Yeah. So take me back, uh, you know, as a sound healer, is this something that you learned to do later in life? What what did you do um, earlier when you were younger? When I was younger, I used to in Los Angeles, I used to work in the film industry and I've always kind of been behind the desk, behind the um, computer. I'm good with details. I'm good with organizing. And so um, I was often organizing uh, the shipping of equipment overseas and airline tickets and organizing film shoots and uh, TV commercials, music videos and things like that. So I've always been a really good with my head and with my organization skills. I moved to- Isn't Sedona. that interesting? I mean, to me, because you know, I talk about so much because I led so much with my logic brain. My logic brain just drove everything. And I, I just- suppressed everything that came from my body or my heart. And and so it's out, it's interesting because you're so like heart centered and focused. But it's not to say that you can't be heart focused and do like logistical organized things, but it's just such a logistic logical minded job that it, it was completely logical minded. And I think that a lot of women um, in this day and age, we kind of have to do that. So sometimes we're on our own. Sometimes other things happen, but the world out there kind of requires us to take out our own trash or to to take the reins in our hands and um, lead with our masculine. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I was in my late 40s, early 50s that I really um, started to lead or bring up my feminine to meet my masculine and um, to balance that out. And it's so much easier in this world to, to have that balanced, but creativity yeah. certainly helped with that. Yeah. Certainly so helped what, with that. what led you to Sedona? How long have you lived in Sedona? And, um, I, you know, there is an attraction. I, my coach moved from Laguna Beach to Sedona. Uh -huh. He was okay. a big surfer and he was just like, Sedona's calling me. And during COVID, he moved to Sedona. Oh, wow. Is he yeah. still here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's bought a bunch of properties. In fact, oh. the property I'm staying in is one of his properties for, this, wow, for the retreat. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Sedona, I had some friends here. Uh, and um, he kept inviting me. He and his wife kept inviting me to come. I was going through my dark night of the soul in Los Angeles. Um, and that's where um, I had had the rug pulled out from under me uh, regarding reality. And um, I was trying to put my pieces back together. And uh, I've been here 20, 22 years now. Um, I, uh, I finally, after years of his inviting me to come visit, I finally came to Sedona. And when I came, I realized that it, I'm so much closer to God in nature. For some reason, I can really, really uh, uh, drop into that place of peace and um, be in nature with that. And so um, I also felt like I was with my peas in a pod. The, wow, these people are my peas in a pod. <laughs> I don't have that in Los Angeles. So um, I it took a couple of years um, um, but actually, right after I uh, came home and I started to pack, 
my little apartment in West Hollywood. And, and I had three boxes in every room. It was just a one bedroom. And one box was a giveaway, garage sale, keep. And so I was slowly putting things in, uh, easygoing. And one day I said, okay, God, either a place to live or a job. And I'm there. And I went next door to a birthday party. And I could hear my phone ringing. And when I got home from the birthday party, I checked my messages. And it was uh, a friend of my friends here in Sedona who said, are you really moving here? Because if you do, we have a job for you. And it was literally within 30 minutes of my stating that to the universe that I had an answer. And so I moved um, in uh, October of 2001, which was less than a month after 9-11. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's when I made my move. Yeah. Yeah. That was a scary time, wasn't it? It was a terrifying time. And I, in living in Los Angeles, everything everything felt very heavy and there was so much um, fear in the air. Mm, yeah. And, um, and so it, it was a good time for me to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So can you describe for my listeners what you do? <laughs> I mean, right. you, you have, you said you explored your talents. Yeah. Clearly you didn't even realize you had these gifts. Right. And that's one thing that I love is I love telling people they have gifts that they don't even know they have. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, because we think we're supposed to be born with our gifts and we're supposed to know them. Or we think that the, the like I read this article recently about like soft skills and hard skills and that we like we think our gifts are sometimes they're they're not tangible gifts. Mm -hmm. And so they're harder to define or identify. And right. so it could be a curiosity or a love of something that actually turns into a gift of that you can like teach people right. about this thing. So, yeah. So how did you learn what your gifts were or what, how, do, how, how did you take those steps to find Okay. Them? So when I first moved to Sedona, I was making art and I was, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to do this and that. And in about 2005, I, uh, a friend of mine was just doing a little practice session with me. And, and she said, you know, uh, sound healing is very important to you. I wasn't thinking about sound healing at all. It, it, I was in a little group that we would get together and uh, rattles and, and little bells and, and we would uh, sing and, uh, and that was it. But she never mentioned anything else after that. And I never asked her further, but she planted a seed at that moment. And she was and a psychic, did you say? She's very psychic. And she okay. was doing a session with me, but um, that's all she said. She said, you know, sound healing is very important to you. And so two years later, I found myself at the gem show in Tucson, picking out a crystal bowl. And um, when I was looking at it, uh, it was the note of an A sharp. And uh, I discovered in that moment that uh, A sharp correlated with the pineal gland, which is the gland that's right smack in the center of our heads. And they call it the gateway to God. So I learned that uh, all of our chakra system, our chakras have notes. And... Oh. I, I know, right? Uh, so all of our chakras have notes. There's two schools out there. 
Um, one of them, uh, the one that I learned, and that's the most common, it starts with the root chakra, which is a C, and it goes C for the root, D for the sacral, E for the solar plexus, F for the heart, G for the throat, A for the third eye, and B for the crown. So I was looking at this bowl, which was an A sharp, which correlated with the pineal gland. And then I um, I took it home and I dove in. I dove into sound healing. And I, I started to study and read all the books written by Tom Kenyon and Jonathan Goldman. And those are some of the... Um, uh, the le- the people who brought sound healing to the West from the East way back when in the seventies, before it was really a thing. And they've written tons of books and they have uh, uh, lots of videos and um, some trainings and things of that nature. So I just dove in and I loved what I was learning. Um, all of the black keys on the piano have notes corresponding in our body, just like a sharp, uh, would be a black key. Um, we've got, uh, this is a G here. So the G sharp, which is in the back of our head, that little spot right in the where the head meets the spine, that's our zeal point and that's our psychic gateway. And that is a G sharp. Um, so, the, so when you play these notes, uh-huh. does that like help you communicate through that channel through that chakra oh, absolutely what's happening when i play <laughs> i'm so excited about this really sound. Me, right? I, I like just so people know i've never had a sound healing session but i'm fascinated by it for some reason and i thought i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it for the people in my retreat it's going to be an amazing experience because what i want to try to do is tap into people's intuition so they'll get guidance so a lot of intuitive um, content and stuff that we'll be doing. And I I can't tell you how excited I am to know that like you can communicate through these different chakras and, yes. and what, centers. What, it's absolutely. crazy. Yeah. What, what's happening is that I'm playing music. And um, every time I hit a note, uh, that note is a frequency. And the frequency travels through the airwaves and it enters uh, a person's field and um, the the frequencies in the field want to tune up to the frequency that's coming in. So everything is in harmony. And what that does is uh, any frequencies that stay dissonant or that don't end up tuning up, they get pushed out of the of the field. So you're left feeling clean and clear and uh, wash. That's why they call them sound baths, because you feel like you've been cleansed from the inside out. And the chakras love to hear to hear their notes, but they'll tune up to what whatever the notes are playing, they tune up to all the frequencies coming in, but they have special notes that vibrate their specific frequency. I'm curious about do, do you know much about human design? A little bit. I know what I am and I know um, I don't know enough probably to go into a deep conversation. Yeah, because I have a lot of open centers. Okay. And when you have open centers, you're very uh, you you pick up other people's kind of messages. You're Empathic. just like you're very open. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons because I have an open um, route and I think it's one of the reasons I've always been like when people share their opinions, 
or their perspectives. I've always been open, but part of me has always felt like I'm wishy-washy because I like, oh, I'll change decisions. I'll hear that. And I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. And I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. And like, now I know why. And so I thought it was interesting. I didn't know how music played into whether you have an open or closed center, but we don't have to go there. I'm just well, fascinated if you're, with it. If you're open, you might have uh, more feelings. You might be more open to the journey that sound and the frequencies are going to take you on because what what they're doing some of the things that that sound is doing is uh balancing left and right hemispheres of the brain balancing our left um uh feminine energy channel that runs up the left side of of our bodies and our right masculine energy channel that runs up the right side of our bodies um the right is our doing uh correlates with the sun our left is our receiving, our um, our feminine nature, our intuitive nature, and it correlates with the moon. And um, then it's working with your nervous system, putting you into a parasympathetic mm-hmm. state, which is um, deep, deep relaxation. And in sympathetic, it's like deer in the headlights. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, all been fight there or flight, for, right? Fight or flight. We, yeah. We've been there for a few years. Yeah. Um, and um, the, so this, will, this is really good for people who are stressed out, like totally. stress. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, What's happening uh, in fight or flight, the brain stops regulating the organs it's, and it's the main organ regulator and the organs kind of go rogue and start to regulate themselves, which is not healthy for our bodies. Yeah. And the vagus nerve gets tensed up and and the vagus nerve is in charge of our breathing, our heartbeat, our digestion. And um, that wreaks havoc with our bodies as well. So when you're brought back down into a parasympathetic state, uh, everything can go ah, big relaxation. Everything is back online, running well, and um, you can relax very deeply very, very deeply. And then it works with brain waves, putting you into a theta state. Now, uh, theta state is a very conducive to healing. And it's a deep meditative state. Uh, when monks are meditating, and they are their expert meditators, they're in the theta state. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the veil between worlds can get very thin in uh theta state and what happens uh, is that sometimes people see colors or faces or places or um, have little scenarios played um they might get uh their very clear next steps what they need to do oh i need i know i need to do this in my life um and all of that can happen during the sound journey that's amazing in, in in addition to that, uh, uh, what's happening is that the the trauma and the emotions that we have held in our body and we've stored in our tissues and our cellular structure and our energetic body, a lot of that gets jostled awake by these frequencies. So it's jostled and then it comes up to the surface for release. And sometimes that can feel a little achy. There can be a little twinge of discomfort while something is leaving you. And I always tell people that know that something is leaving you. And so it's a wonderful time to rejoice. Yes. <laughs> There's yeah. something leaving your system. Yeah. And once it's gone, it's it's gone. 
That's great. Uh, you said that you're an artist. So one of the things that I'm curious about is, were you a musician? It's interesting that you are now married to a musician as a sound I healer. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah very... he does sound healing also. It's amazing. Oh, he does? Oh. <laughs> Did you turn him on to it by chance? No, no, we both do a couple of things and we came together and, and so we enjoy doing them together now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you, were you more of a, when you say an artist, I know there's different types of artistry. So were were you a musician? You seem to, like when you said you, you picked out a sound bowl that was A sharp, yeah. I don't think I would know A sharp from B sharp from C whatever. Yeah, right. When they te- when they sell the bowls, they tell you they what. Tell no you. Use. Okay. So, um, but I I'm not a musician. I was doing art, and I was doing um, I was working with wood. I was doing some wood carvings. I was doing mosaics, uh, paint, acrylics, um, gold leafing. So uh, all sorts of different mediums and. Uh, in I think 2011, when I found the uh, sound wave bed, I, I have a something called a sound wave bed, um, which is a musical instrument. It's a huge musical instrument that is, a person will lie down on, and there's strings on one side, and a tongue drum on the other. And and I use that in my sessions for one or two people. Um, Oh, I so, think I saw that on your website. You will have. Yeah, picture, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so when I um, bought that bed, um, around that time, I had a shift from making art uh, into playing uh, a musical instrument. And it's called the harmonium. And it's uh, played with yoga music. Um, the music that they play in the background for yoga. Um, and I, uh, I've i learned to follow my heart. Usually if it's soul-guided, um, my heart will uh, kind of warm up and a, a warm feeling will, will uh, appear in my heart, uh, kind of like a heart fire. And um, it led me to play this musical instrument. And at the same time, that I was starting to play this musical instrument, I bought my first bowl. So I had two different things happening at the same time. I went on a complete path with the music and was uh, in a band for a while and playing- Doing doing what? Like, were you playing bowls in a band? No, I was playing this harmonium. Oh, the harmonium. Harmonium. Okay. So we were doing yoga music. Uh, okay. for several years. And at the same time, I was building uh, my sound healing business. Okay. I have to look up a harmonium on what it looks like. Yeah. It's a really interesting instrument. Um, originally, I think it was uh, French and it was on spindles, but uh, they knocked it. When it went to India, they knocked it onto the floor so they could sit cross-legged and play it. And it's very similar to a um, an accordion because it's a a billows instrument. Mm. So you play it the keys with the right hand and, and you play the bellows with the left. And oh. So I had both those going at the same time. And now I'm, I've been leaning more into the uh, sound healing, the sound therapy, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I'm excited that you're going to do, because we talked about customizing the session a little bit 
because I also wanted my participants to experience yoga nidra. And so one of the things that I don't want them to be confused about, and I'm curious uh, for my listeners if they even know what that is, I learned about yoga nidra from a guest. I had a podcast guest early on when I first started doing my podcast Mm -hmm. and a yoga nidra session saved her life. Yeah. She was, she was suicidal, very depressed. And she, she came upon a yoga nidra meditation on YouTube. And she said she laid down on her floor because this is like you you think of yoga, sometimes yoga can be intense in terms of like the the moves and stuff. But this is just like, this is not yoga. It's it's like you're in yoga clothes, you're on a yoga mat. And I think sometimes people do it after the yoga tough part is over. I don't know. I went on a retreat, a yoga retreat. And I, they did a yoga nidra at night in a couple, a couple of evenings. And it was so amazing, so peaceful, so like getting clarity and all that stuff puts you in a different state. I I felt that. And so I I kind of, for the first time, realized what that woman experienced that was describing it because I had no idea what yoga nidra was. But she said she went to a different place. She went into some kind of flow state. And she said she came out of that session and she never wanted to kill herself again. She said, I... I I was happy after that session. I mean, I, I to me, like, okay, I, it's not going to happen for everyone. Right. But just right. her personal experience and her telling of that experience made me think, wow, that's a powerful thing. And so it I is. wanted my participants to experience that. Yeah, it is a very powerful practice. They call it the yoga of sleep. Okay. Um, and it's especially great for people with PTSD. Um, there are a couple of different styles of yoga nidra, um, but in the relax, in one of them, in the relaxation um, mode, after relaxing every part of the body, you can um, put in pairs of opposites, um, which allow the nervous system to go from uh, maybe picturing a, a, a beautiful rose in bloom to picturing a grave site. Let's see those, they're completely opposite feelings that they're going to create in the body. And so when you present those pictures into someone's psyche, into someone's consciousness, it can allow the uh, intensity of feelings um, for some of their PTSD triggers to lessen Mm. by, by doing the opposites. Oh. That's not the kind we're going to do uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for your uh, retreat. But yeah. that is one of the kinds of yoga nidra that can happen. That can really, really, after some time, it can help people who have PTSD and who who um, have a lot of anxiety. Um, it can shift them. Oh, so this is, that's a great tip. So anybody who's listening who has never heard of yoga nidra but suffers from anxiety, probably mm-hmm. panic attacks mm-hmm. uh, or nose or P- PTSD because anybody can suffer from that or you have a partner who suffers from it, then suggest yoga nidra. Yoga try, nidra. try a session. Look, look yeah. it up. Yeah. And there's YouTube videos that have them too because she that's what she did. And now she teaches it. 
amazing. Yeah. And she's That's on the app. She, there's an app that there, there's different teachers on. I can't remember the name of it all. Insight. I think it's Insight Timer. Uh-huh. And I've heard and, of yeah, it. She's, yeah. yeah, she's one of the one of the mm-hmm. teachers on that. Yeah. So uh, it's so cool. Story. So cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you do breath work as yes. well. So yes. multi-talented, super, super talented, many gifts. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> which, which are new. I like that you learned new things. And it's so how do you feel as a result of the shifts that you've made in your life? You know, you sounded like you had a you said you describe it as a, a dark cycle or a what dark did you call night it? Of the soul. Dark, dark night, night of, of the soul. soul. Yeah. yeah. It you usually wanna... precedes a, a spiritual awakening. Okay. Dark night yeah. of the soul. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to describe what for for people what that means? Uh, dark night of the soul. Uh, it often um, precedes a spiritual awakening. It's when um, you real okay. Uh, you realize that your life isn't working out, and it could be a trauma that happens. Um, that's what happened to me. It was a trauma. It kind of pulled the rug out from under me. And um, I went into a severe depression um, and nothing's working. Your job isn't working. Uh, you're wondering what you're you're even here for. Uh, it just all of the, the darkness is just a big spiral down. So you get to start to work on yourself and you get to start to wake up spiritually. I know, uh, know that there's a higher power at work while you start working on yourself and, and getting to the root of, of all these problems and clearing out all the muck. We have yeah. to clear the muck in order to uh, have energetic room for the good things to emerge. Yeah. I, and so that's what started for me. And um, I was on the slow boat. <laughs> I took the long way. Um, very, very slow healing, uh, a lot of trauma, a lot of tears for, uh, many, many years. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I was going to ask you that, like, what, what do you suggest for people who get stuck in that dark night of the soul? Cause a lot of people don't ever come out of it. Right. They, oh, some people don't. Um, for me, what, what, what was key, uh, was to remember the two steps forward, one step back. I, I would think that I would make, had made progress. And then I would get pulled back again into the darkness. So just baby steps. What's the next thing you need to do? What, forget about that long list. Forget about the goal. Um, after a while, you're going to see how far you've come. Um, what I've learned is that my, uh, for example, this would have been my high. This would have been my low at that time. So and she she, she has her hands and she's, yeah, she's, she's showing her hands like palm down. And what I, I don't know, is that like 12 inches, eight inches? It's about apart? 12 inches. So my yeah, top yeah. hand is, my top hand is uh, my high, highest of highs. My bottom hand is my lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. And um, slowly but surely that is rising with that same distance, like an elevator. Okay. And one day I realized that my lowest of lows used to be my highest of highs. I love that. Going and going and going and you keep getting better and you keep 
a feeling brighter. Um, so that's one thing I would I would say. Uh, uh, just your next best step. Also reach out, reach out for help. Um, start doing things, digging into um, different therapies, self-care, um, breath work, uh, transformational breath work or shamanic breath work is, is sometimes called holotropic breath work. Those are all names yes. for the thing. Yeah. It is the most potent form of transformation that I have ever found. Yeah, so, it's very transformative for me too. I've had some yeah. pretty powerful downloads when I've had done those sessions. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would highly recommend people go do that. Yoga Nidra. Uh, yeah. For me, creativity. started. I started making art. I started writing. Um, creativity was super key yeah. because I could focus on that rather than allowing my mind to take me down into a, a, a negative spiral. Yeah. And at some point you realize that the mind uh, isn't your friend and not to listen to what it's telling you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and that became key for me as well, but that came much later. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more I want to talk to you about, but we're going to have to have a part two. And I suggest we have a part two after my retreat. So you can okay. come back on and we could talk about our experience together. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be fantastic. Yeah. 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 And and as we close, what would you say? Because I feel this amazing spark from you. You just mm -hmm. like are you seem so at peace. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question for you would be, what are you most looking forward to? You know, the aging process, a lot of people fear it, a lot of people dread it, a lot of people fight it. So what sparks you about your second half? Um, I have slowed down, first of all. I'm not working, I'm not doing the grindstone anymore. Um, and so I've also moved out into the country. <laughs> and so what I really love uh is downtime. I love my peaceful downtime. Uh I love being by the creek and hearing the water and the yeah. wind rustle through the trees and the birds and watching the hummingbirds. This is, it's so stereotypical uh, of what I would see in my grandparents or other people's grandparents. And I get it now. I get it. It's um, time with friends. It's travel. It's uh, quality time with my partner. Um, those are the things that are, are the most important. Those yeah. are the things that are really exciting to me uh, at a nice slower pace. Yeah. It's, and also knowing myself, yeah. knowing myself, I know myself now. And um, that, that is the biggest gift in order to be able to uh, take it easy in this last chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, and I, I think because this is my own personal experience is a lot of, the busyness of life, mm. yeah, uptime, if that's what you want to call it, is the opposite to the downtime, yeah. <laughs> I think is is us avoiding finding ourselves. Oh, that's a good point. It is actually, yeah. So if you're a busy person, maybe think about you might be a little disconnected and it might be worth exploring and getting to know yourself better because you probably like what you find out. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get, get, take that mask off that we're parading around in our busy life with and, and like unleash the real you inside. That's what I like to say. Yes. And when we, you show up that way, you find the right people. That's right. Yeah. Your peace like you and your, your, your love. <laughs> so exciting. Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. He, we couldn't have gotten together seven years earlier. That wouldn't have been able to happen. We both had more work to do. Yes. Yeah. I love that, that idea. Thanks so much. Thank Can't you, wait Lord. to meet you in person. I can't wait to meet you in person too. Yes. Yeah. All thank right. you for having me on. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place. 